over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to be reading from verses 11 to 21. If you're there in your Bible, please say amen. 2 Corinthians is after 1 Corinthians. This is... They're tired of it. <laughs> Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us, so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen, rather than when it is not seen, rather than in what is seen in what is in the heart. Sorry. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, and those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we are here now, Lord God, to learn from you again. We ask for your Holy Spirit to guide and teach us. Let your Holy Spirit that is in your people, Lord God, enlighten them. Remove any and all distractions. Remove any and all thoughts that is bothering them or will be clouding their minds, Lord God, to hear from you clearly. Speak through me, Father God. Bless me and anoint me. Bless my preparation, Lord God. And may your people hear you speak to their souls. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, for Since uh, on May 12 of this year, our Lord has granted our prayers again, because... We have been praying about many things at church. And one of the prayers that we've been praying for was for God to provide a building or a place, just a place for us to meet. And on May 12 of this year, God answered our prayer by providing this new building for us. 
Amen? This right here. 1327 Pyramid Way. One God in three persons. Jesus is the second Adam. God's number is seven. And seven is the year of Jubilee. And if you have debt, this is the, the year of debt cancellation. <laughs> Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. I forgot pyramid. Pyramid is what the Hebrews made. So the 1327 Pyramid Way. God has provided that for us in the year. This is almost 17 years since God planted this church to our founding pastor, Julius Aquino, from Georgia, who started in the Philippines, who started a church in Angola, Africa, and then all over the place. This was his ninth church that he planted. So today, as we observe our first service in this new location, uh, our, new, our title of the message is New Building. <laughs> Very creative, right? <laughs> you got to give it to me. New Building. <laughs> the word new in the dictionary is defined in two ways. And both are adjectives. Now, an adjective is a word or phrase naming an attribute added to or gra grammatically related to a noun to describe or to modify the noun. Right, so the new building. Now the, the noun will be, and then uh, the structure. Building is a structure, right? But at the same time, it can also be a word that, that says you're making something, building. So tonight, with all that being said, we have three points of what we read from 2 Corinthians 5. To know Christ, to become like Him, to make Him known. Not too many creative things here. Nothing new, right? But for our guests, it is. Now, first point, to know Christ. In, in verse 11, he reads, uh, he, he wrote uh, the Apostle Paul, Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. We are, we, what we are is plain to God, and I hope that it is also plain to your conscience. Paul echoed Proverbs 9.10 here. If you read Proverbs 9.10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Paul, before he became a Christian, thought he had fear for the Lord. To the point that he was persecuting the Christians that he felt and was convicted, as far as his conviction goes, before he became a Christian, were false they were the false religion. So, but then afterwards, after God has revealed himself to Paul, Paul now has said, you know what? I was wrong. The whole Judaism and all that, that's, that, that the teaching there is actually incorrect. When Jesus came and died on the cross and then he resurrected, everything that we were trying to attain there in that religion has been completed by Jesus. So now his fear has become real. So our first point is to know Christ. When you know Christ, you will fear the Lord. There's reverent fear. Now we live in a world, in a society now, that there's no more fear of anything. We question, they question everything that is against what they want to do. 
But then we weren't told not to question when it came to the vaccines. We were told to just be quiet, just take it, don't be the negative person. But then everything else that is against God's will is being propagated in the world now, and us Christians were being muted. We're told to be quiet about our faith. And then, gladly, some of us, we gladly comply. Because we don't want to be persecuted. But if we know Christ, there's reverent fear in Him. And what is reverent fear in God? Reverent fear in God means that we will obey His word no matter how difficult His commands are. Difficult meaning because we're still struggling. We still have the flesh dictating and telling us what is good and what isn't. To know Christ tells us that everything that we know right away is wrong. Because Christ will have to renew our minds. Amen? Before we became Christians, we have set beliefs. Whether we knew it or not, it either came from our parents, our relatives, our environment, the movies that you watch, the books that you read, the upbringing that you had, no matter how good it was, you think. But when you knew Christ, the fear of the Lord is where wisdom will come in. If you don't fear God, nothing about this Bible will make sense to you. We have to know Christ. When we know Christ, we fear Him reverently. We don't want to hurt the person that loved us dearly, that He gave Himself for us. That's the knowing Christ. Because if you know Christ, He's loving. Amen? Amen. If, you, if you see Jesus as somebody who is strict, then you don't know the right Jesus. He says no because you're going to hurt yourself. That's why. He says no to sex outside of marriage because sex is only to be exercised within the confines of marriage because sex is, he created it. But it has to be exercised within marriage so that you will be blessed. Because if you don't do it according to his will, you will hurt yourself. You are like an animal that is doing something against its nature. Like a panda who's trying to fly like an eagle. Or an eagle who's trying to swim like a dolphin. It doesn't make sense. But same thing with us. As Christians, we have our, the new nature. Our new nature all depends on how we know Christ. Reverent fear of the Lord is where it all begins. Understanding of the scriptures is from God. Amen? He's the one who makes us understand because he's the one who reveals it to us. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, it reads, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Now, what a humbling truth that is for some of us. Because we think we know everything. If we just study hard and look at it and cross-reference things, we think we can figure it out. But not when it, when it comes to the scripture. Because, can you, can you turn to 1 Corinthians 
1 Corinthians 2.14, right there. Not according to the scriptures. It says there that the scriptures are only spiritually discerned, and that spiritual discernment is coming from the Holy Spirit. So if you came to know Christ, it was the Holy Spirit that actually gave you that gift. It, was it wasn't because we all of a sudden we got smart and we said, you know what? I'm actually really screwing up my life. I think it's time for me to come to Christ. Although you would come to that realization little by little, it's through your logical thinking, but as you come to know Christ, then God will reveal it to you that I chose you, you did not choose me. If you do not believe that, there's more humility that needs to come into your life. Because we do not discover God. God comes to us. Because the Bible says no one seeks God. No, not even one. No one. You know, especially in this country. In this country, we can have anything and everything that we would like. You just have to have the right credit score. <laughs> well, they're changing that now. <laughs> but you just have to have the right credit score good credit income, debt-to-income ratio, you can buy a house. Unlike in the Philippines, you're working your tail off and you can never get a house. You can probably get a condo that you get repossessed in six months or seven months because you can barely make the payment. If you want a car here, you can have seven cars in your one-bedroom apartment. And then with your one-bedroom apartment, with your seven cars, you can have three storages that you pay for. There's an abundance here in this country to a point that there's no need for God, it seems like. If your life is all about acquiring things, do you really need God? No, you just need to work hard. Be smart with your money. If you want a relationship, if you're coming to God for a relationship, do you really need God to become, to have a relationship? No, not really. Just be charming. Just be nice. Just look good. Smell good for the guys. <laughs> right? You don't really need God to have a relationship. If you want a working marriage, you just need to be working together hard. You don't need God to have a working marriage. Why am I saying all these things? Because to know Christ must be all about Christ. If you're coming to Christ for all those other things that I mentioned, but you're not coming to Christ at all. You're coming to Christ because you need those things. You're coming to Christ so that you can have a wonderful wife, a, a loving husband. You're coming to Christ so you can have a great investment that's flourishing, your business flourishing. You're coming to Christ so that you become what? When you come to Christ, come to Christ for Him and Him alone. Amen? Amen. I asked a question before I gave a scenario, and I don't know, I didn't, I didn't, I was not brave enough to ask you what your answers were. But the scenario is, if God will give you a choice, that you will have heaven, you will have heaven, and everything written down about heaven except God, and that in that heaven you will no longer be hungry, no longer be sick, everybody that you love is there, everyone, everyone, everyone that you get along with are there. No more pain, no more hunger, abundance of everything, except God's not there. Will you want heaven? Like I said, I'm not brave enough to ask you what your answer is. I'm really hoping that it's making sense, though. 
that coming to know Christ, when you want to know Christ, let it all be about Him. Amen? Amen. I feel like that's our first point. <laughs> Go ahead, because uh, I don't have my clicker. Here you go. Now, how do we, because somewhere along the, the lines there, the question comes, next slide please. How do we persuade others? Like what Paul said. He says that they're trying to persuade people. How do we persuade others? If we know Christ, as we get to know more of Christ, we realize and we learn and we understand that we need to persuade others to come to Him. Amen? If your Christianity stays with you, it's not real Christianity. Because God is a flowing river. The Holy Spirit is a flowing river. It cannot stay or else it goes stagnant and it will go not drinkable water. If your Christianity is just for you, it's not real Christianity. Because real Christianity gives. So how do we persuade others to Christianity? Our second purpose as a church, our second point tonight, to become like Him. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. Christianity tells us that because we are in Jesus Christ, we are no longer damned or doomed by our sins, but are blessed to live in the newness of life in Jesus Christ. When we came to Christ, if we're all going to be honest, we know that we still screwed up the next day, even maybe the next minute after doing it. Because living a new life in Jesus is not an overnight thing. We all know that Christianity is a marathon. Amen? Some of us, our Christianity, when we talk about working out our Christianity, we work out like as if it's in the Olympics, right? We do it once every four years. We only come to church once every four years. We maybe share the gospel one every four years. But in order for us to persuade others to Christ, other than us saying it, is our lives become it. Our lives change. Yes, we are saved by grace. We are saved by grace, not by works. But if we are living in Jesus Christ, our lives will change. Amen? Amen? Some of you, some of us, we still need more convincing. We need more convincing with that. Because we think, we think, to become like Christ, we have to feel it. Right? Isn't this culture or society now all about feelings? Follow your heart, the world says. And Jesus said, <laughs> that's the last thing you want to do. Because out of, the, out of the heart comes adultery, murder. But the world says, follow your heart. The, follow, the world says, be yourself. Discover yourself. And you know what? The Bible will save you the time if you don't know who you, who you are. The Bible says that we are all sinners. Apart from Christ, we are all sinners. So how do we persuade others? How do we become like Him? Romans 12, 12.2 It reads, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's not how you feel, because you will not always feel good. Because when we're grumpy, we're more hungry, we're not like Christ, right? Right? I know I'm not. When I haven't had my coffee and somebody's trying to bother me, oh boy, it's not Jesus Christ that's the, that, that I'm becoming. It's the other guy. It's the opponent that is coming out. But look at that. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. We've discussed it many times, right? Many Sundays, church, right? But this world is... is Controlled by the prince of darkness. And everything that's being taught here is the doctrine of Satan. Right? Even happiness. Even happiness apart from Christ. That's wrong. Remember heaven without God? Do not conform to the patterns, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? How do you renew your mind with the scriptures? You read it. You meditate on the word of God. I get it. There's a lot of intelligent writers there. Uh, one author and preacher that I love is Tim Keller, who's already with the Lord, enjoying the fruits of his labor. I, I envy that guy. But yeah, he's a great author. But then he points us always, all those great authors, Christian authors, always points us to the scriptures. The scriptures is the only way that we can re renew, re reprogram our minds. Because like I said earlier, our minds have been programmed by our parents, by our environment, by our school. And if those people and those entities are not God-fearing, we have been taught a a different thing that is all against God's will so Christian you know Christ you have reverent fear of him and as you get to know more of him you come to realize and you cannot help it because it just happens that you become like him as you're becoming like him you're compared like your car is compared by, a, by the gas that's in there to move forward or to reverse we are compelled by the Holy Spirit to persuade others to come to Christ. We are compelled by the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. Not because we're saved we can continue to live a sinful life. Remember the adulterous woman that God saved when Jesus said, did anybody condemn you? She said, no Lord. Then he said, neither will I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. But we Christians now, we say, well, I'm saved by grace. I can continue to live my life in a very sinful way. I can live happily ever after, now and forevermore, and continue with my sinful ways. We've got to renew our minds. There's a renewal there. Christianity is a change from the inside out. From the inside out, because we live in Christ. So we are a new creation in Christ. Religion is a change from the outside. You're doing certain things. Thinking you're earning heaven. 
You're trying to be a good person so you can go to heaven. That's religion. Christianity is you are now accepted in, in heaven. You are now in right standing with God. You are now righteous because of what Christ has done for you. And you accepted that you are a sinner and you received him as your Lord. Then you became a Christian. So now your change is coming from the inside. The Holy Spirit is compelling you to no longer think this way. No longer live that way. Not because you're trying to earn your salvation, but it's proof. It's evidence of your salvation. You're a brand new car. If you're a 1994 Honda Civic, and then you went to the, the car wash, the 1994 Honda Civic DX, I hope you don't have that one. That's the most basic one. You know, you don't even have a tape deck. You have just have the radio, <laughs> AM, FM. That's it. You go in the car wash. You come out as a clean Honda 1994 Civic. No, you come out as a Lamborghini. You come out as a Lamborghini. Now, Christians, if you just realize the truth of that, it's still us, but it's. We're in Christ. We are our sinful selves, but we are in Christ. So who's outside of us? Christ. Christ. If we can just focus, renew our minds and say, you know what? I know, I know that I am not a good person, but I am in Christ who is a very good God. I know that I'm not holy at all, but I am in a holy God. I know that I'm very weak and inconsistent, but I am in a very strong, consistent, faithful God. If we will just realize that, we will live that way. You know why we don't do that? Because it's new. Just like some of you, when you were coming to this area for today, for this afternoon, you had to go through your GPS. <laughs> you didn't know how to get here. And you missed my email. I said, one of the entrances here is actually an exit. And some of you still wanted to go through the exit even with the orange cones there. And you're like, can you guys move that orange cone? Because there's, uh, there's, there's uncertainty with newness. Right? You buy new clothes, you don't know if it's going to fit you well. You don't know how you're going to look. You don't know how it's going to drop on your shoulders. You don't know how your shoes are going to reflect your attitude, you know? <laughs> right? There's, there's, there's mystery and uneasiness in newness. But don't be afraid. The thing is, we are so afraid that the newness in life in Christ, newness of life in Christ, we're so afraid of it because we don't know it. All we need to know so that we don't fear is that it's God living it out for us. And we can rely on Him. To know Christ. To become like Him. We rely on God completely. And how do we renew our minds? Uh, John, John, please turn to Colossians. There you go. Next slide. Colossians 3, 1-3. to Since then you have been raised with Christ. Christians. If you're a Christian, say Amen. Amen. You that said Amen. You have been raised with Christ. 
Set your hearts on things above. Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Second point, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Why? For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. The problem is, our minds and our hearts are still very much down here. That when things are not working out here, we're saying, this guy is not real. Because I prayed and he didn't answer. But if we would set our hearts up there, how? We're gonna, what, where, where our hearts is, where our treasure is, where our hearts will be also, right? But our, our treasure is mostly here. We invest here. We don't invest there. We, we spend most of our life working. Right? Trying to earn a living. Which is fine. Work is a blessing. But if we just move our life constantly trying to earn a living and forgetting God who supplied us all things, even the strength to go to work, the ability to do your jobs, the blessing to, uh, uh, to flourish your business, all come from Him and you neglect Him, the only way to become like Christ is to be with Christ. Amen? The closer we are to God, the bigger He becomes. Amen? Amen. We see an airplane up there, it seems small, and it seems so tiny, the higher it is, the farther we are, the smaller it is. It's like a dot that's moving. But if we go to the airport, if it's parked, and we walk there physically, the bigger it gets. Same thing with God. The closer we are to God, the bigger He becomes. The closer we are with God, the holier we realize He is. The closer we are to God, the stronger He is that we come to realize. And the opposite is true. The more holier He is, the more sinner we are. Remember Paul? As he grew in his relationship with the Lord, he became the chief of all sinners. He wrote Romans 7, Wretched man I am, he said. The deeper he got with the Lord, the more sinful he saw himself. Because the holier God became. Now how do we become like Him? Becoming like Him is being obedient. Amen? Maybe. Six people. <laughs> Becoming like Him is obedience. Amen? Amen? You cannot become like Christ and be disobedient. We are in Christ and we can continue to live a sinful life, yes. But if we're trying to become like Christ... We have to be obedient. And how do we obey God? Luke 9.23, please. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Take up their cross daily and follow me. The denying of self is unpopular. Right? Because right now, get it now, it's now or never. That's why microwave was invented. Because we cannot wait. We can't wait. Right? 
microwave is there to heat up the old food. Denying ourselves is unpopular. Amazon Prime is there for a reason because we can't wait. Express lane. You know when I'm at Costco before, I was like, man, I hope there was an express lane here. And now there is. Because we can't wait. Because we want it now. Denying ourselves. Denying ourselves a rest because God said, impressing in our hearts, go out there and help. A person. Not the church necessarily, but a person. Remember, help, the real description of help is it will cause inconvenience. It's not helping if it's convenient. If it's easy, it's not really helping. I, I hold the door for a lady coming in at the mall. That's really me helping. No, that's just me being, just because I can do it. It's easy. Is that really helping? Just being nice, maybe. But me holding a door and then she stumbles and, and then the car is coming and I'm the closest there to help her, that's helping. If I put myself on the line. So now if you're the old lady, you're probably in trouble because I don't move that fast. <laughs> I'll be like, do you know I need it? Oh, I'm just going to try to share the gospel. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh gosh, too late. Helping causes inconvenience. Like the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan got off his donkey, loaded up his enemy in his donkey, cost him his money, not just for the moment, and then he walked, right? Instead of being on his donkey, this guy was on his donkey, the guy who hated him, the guy who was throwing rocks at him, and he paid for him. That's helping. Denying. Disobedience is get it now. Obedience is wait. Obey God. And most of the time when we're obeying God, it's denying ourselves. And that is what happened in the garden. Eve did not want to deny herself of knowing what good and evil is. She wanted to know it. She wanted to play God. And in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Becoming like Christ is denying ourselves. And as Christians, if we know Christ, we revere him, reverence fear, and we're compelled to become like Him. And as we're becoming like Him, we're denying ourselves. Our life no longer is for us. Which is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5. Their life no longer is for them. Christian, that's one thing you're probably denying. You're not denying yourself, but you're denying the truth about Christianity. When you came to Christ, your life is no longer for you. Now some prosperity preachers will argue with me on that point but the Bible will argue with them when you have given your life to Christ it's no longer you you don't live for yourself you live for God now will God tell you to neglect your family of course not you don't know the right God if you think that God tells us how to live 
a, a fruitful life. If you're married, there's instructions here how to be a good husband, how to be a good wife, how to become a good parent, how to be a good child. It's right here. It's given to us. If you're a businessman, it tells you to be honest, to have integrity. If you're an employee, it tells you to be faithful with your work, even if your boss is not watching you. It just says here to get off your Facebook and Instagram. No, 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 it doesn't. You're lucky it doesn't say it. Okay. No, but it's here. It's all here. God tells us what to do, how to live in this life that He has given us the privilege to live. So Christianity, as much as it's supernatural, if you come to really know Christ and you become like Him, it becomes really practical. It becomes really practical. Then all of a sudden you're living your life in, within God's limits. You know, I was with our sister joining me yesterday, and they were talking about the baby, uh, baby Luna. Ba Luna is about one, right? Almost one year old. Yeah, she's crawling right now. Right now, she's crawling. And the moms or the dad said, Dominic said, "Yeah, at my grandma's house, they place borders around their living room to where she can roam the whole area, and she really loves it there." You see. Freedom within limits is beautiful. And that's the life God has given us. God has given us limits, borders, to protect us from harming ourselves. He lets us roam around. Go ahead. Live your life along my guidelines. And you will live a blessed life. The new creation, us living in Christ, will deny the flesh. Amen? We will have a new outlook and a new purpose in life. It will be no longer us who lives, but Christ lives in me. So the question, next slide, now what? Now what? Which is the third point. To make him known. Third point, please. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you us on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The knowledge of God, the closer we get to know God, the bigger he becomes. The more we get to know him, we get to learn how holy he is, how powerful, how loving, how merciful and how gracious as we get to realize how sinful we are how weak we are how unloving we are how unforgiving we are the knowledge that we are living in Christ and that we are a new creation in Him we get to live like Him think like Him and to become holy like Him points 1 and points 2 gives birth to Point three, because we realize all those things with God and about God and for God, we should not be able to be quiet about it. When you eat something really good at a certain restaurant, do you keep it to yourself? Wait, maybe you do. Maybe you do. Like, I don't want it to get really busy here. I don't want to share that they had the best fall here. No, we don't shut up about it, right? 
if we watch a great movie that really gripped our heart, you know those romantic comedies that you know we usually like, I include myself there, right? We can't shut up about it. We want to share, talk about it all the time. Now, is that the same with Christ, church? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing everyone in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Are you always trying to make disciples of all nations? Are you always prepared to share what is good, the good God as He's been doing in your life? Are you always prepared to share it? Now, you won't be ashamed to share Jesus if you're actually living Him. The one big hindrance of us sharing the gospel is because we're inconsistent. Right? We partied last yesterday. We got hammered with the homies. And then we come on church on Sunday and then I say share the gospel and you go Monday at work. You're like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know because they're going to... They're going to know I took a couple of shots of tequila last night and a couple and that's all I realized. And the next thing I was on the floor. Because you stop counting after two. Right? If we know Christ, we really get to know the real Christ. We're compelled to become like Him. As we continue to become like Him, we can never hold back to tell people of how good He is. So we're constantly making Him known. Amen? The title of the message is A New Building. We're in a new building, but that doesn't mean anything at all other than extra drive for some of us, bigger space for the kids to run around, louder room for Dustin and, and Mikey to sing and Ruth and Naomi to play in, louder for us to listen to, better places for some of you to sleep in. <laughs> right? It doesn't mean anything. It's just a new address, a new atmosphere. But with this new building, there's probably, my opinion, there's probably new work that we as a church needs to do here. There's new work here that we need to do. Uh, John, John, is the video ready? And uh, to the words of uh, a sports analogy will come up, but uh, I'll just, not analogy, it's really in the sports. John's not finished. Let's watch You're it. Right. This is supposed to be. Oh, you're not happy? Or you want to sound happy? Or should you be happy about it? You're too old. John's not finished. John's finished? No. Okay. So we made it here. We have a new building. Is John finished? No. <laughs> Some of you, it is finished. John's been finished with some of you when you accepted Christ and you just stayed there. You accepted Christ. Is John finished? You know Christ. Is John finished? No. He says that you're up 2-0. The next game, he lost that game. Lakers lost that game against the Orlando Magic in 2009. But then they won again. And they got the championship. Because of that attitude, that type of mentality that he had, not because you're ahead, it means you're done, right? He won his 
second or his first time as MVP, and he won his four out of his five NBA championships. Because of the knowledge, head knowledge, knowing that not because we're ahead, not because we have a new building, we've made it. No. This is not a this is not our destination right here. Our destination is in heaven. Amen? Amen. This is just a meeting place. Amen? This is actually our locker room. This is not where the game happens. This is our locker room. This is where we pump each other up and we tell each other's mistakes. Like, hey man, you missed that pass again. I'm more. <laughs> Good rebound there, Will. Hey, Vince, what's up with that layout, bro? This is where we discuss the things that we did do. This is where we say what we need to do. And then the game... It's actually out there. It's out there. But don't make no mistake about it. We are to love each other here. Amen? Because we need to build each other up. Next verse, please. First Thessalonians 5.11 Therefore, encourage one another and build one another. Build up one another just as you also are doing. And then Romans 4.19 reads, So then we pursue the things we which makes for peace and the building up of one another. And Ephesians 4.16, From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of itself in love. Amen? Amen. Yes, the work is out there, but we also work with each other here. We build each other up. We can't, I can't do everything. And you have to be glad that I can't do everything. I don't know how to hammer a nail for the life of me. But praise God, Brother Edgar is here. Deacon John is here. I can paint, but I'm colorblind. I have to ask Ruth and, and Naomi a couple times, is this the right color that I'm putting in here? Because all look the same to me. We need each other. Amen? Amen? And as we know that we need each other, we need to be building each other up. We need to be prayerful. We need to be praying for each other. Be sensitive about each other's needs and hurts. Be attentive to one another. And then if we make a mistake, we have to be quick to say sorry. I did that the other day. I was, you know, Marcy here? I was, I was quick to keep, keep calling my own Marcy four times. I said the wrong thing. Praise God, she forgave me. <laughs> I did it to my mom multiple times. My mom's still here. <laughs> it, we have to be quick to apologize, but we have to be sensitive to one another and we have to be prayerful. Amen? Amen. Amen. That is our message this afternoon. As the music team make their way up here, I'd like to give you an invitation if you have not received Jesus as your Lord and you would like to do that this afternoon you want to receive forgiveness for the sins that you've committed against him and you believe that he has paid for it all on the cross please come up so I can lead you to that prayer or if you just need prayer you're going through something heavy please come up so we can lead you into that prayer uh, brother be convinced if you're up there if anybody from the balcony wants to
come up or John and up here if I can have me I guess me I'll be here let's pray Father we thank you for your message this afternoon we thank you for providing this building to us however much we are enjoying it Father God we realize that this is not us making it but this is just a place again for us to build from to learn more about you to worship you to build each other up Lord God we just realize that this is just another venue but the glory and the majesty all belongs to you you are in this place Father God because you are in all of us so we pray Father God for your mighty power your mighty power to work out through your people that you've called to be a part of this church let your mighty power work through them Lord God let them be your vessel of blessings for your co-workers friends loved ones that are not believers just yet let my brothers and sisters here be that vessel to share your saving grace and I pray Father God that all of us here bring glory to you in everything that we say and do and all these things we ask and pray in your son's sweet and mighty name Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and all the Lord's people said Amen Amen let's all rise for the